Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. What is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. It's Thursday, January 11th, and this is Blinkers Off. What's up, man? What's up, guys? What's up, Jared? Good to see you again tonight. Uh, welcome back, everybody. If you've been watching the YouTube show all day, uh, our YouTube channel all day, we've been busy, but this is the flagship show you're into. And uh, Jared, thank God this week is almost over because this is the most boring horse racing week of the year, without any doubt. It. I mean, just like so people understand, I mean, internally, uh, you know, it's like, we just, you know, we like, we're always like, you know, magic sends over our list and what kind of the races to kind of, we need to we need a handicap for. And, and you kind of looked at, you kind of saw to, to, you saw this weekend coming like a week ago and you're just like, Oh, this sucks. And you just, there's no, I mean, and it's, there's literally nothing to get excited about. I mean, there's nothing to get excited about this weekend. No, I mean, I know we that's tried not to... great to say when you have a business that revolves around betting horses and not to say there's not going to be opportunities to bet and things like that, but it's just not, I don't know. It doesn't get you out of bed really this weekend. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're, if you're into like big cards and stuff like that, it's just not going to happen. But what I told you, this is it. This is the last weekend until, I don't know, probably sometime in September where we really just don't have anything going on on a weekend of horse racing. And, you know, like even even after the Breeders' Cup, there's things to kind of look forward to, and there's big big days and stuff. There's just not a ton to to do. But like Shotty said, then you get into next weekend, and the comps here, and then you get into the next weekend, you get the Pegasus in the Southwest, and it's like, okay, this is what we've been waiting for. So yeah. it's almost here. Uh, January's off to a pretty good start uh, with racing. I, I think it's been pretty exciting, but. You know, the Pasco Stakes being the headliner this weekend doesn't really, you know, get people too excited. Yeah, you look at the calendar and it's a glaring, you know, as far as the Derby stuff goes, it's a glaring, you know, empty spot there between the 6th and the 20th. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have the LeCompte and then you've got the Southwest. I mean, then you get the Holy Bull, Rotary Lewis and the Withers all on the same day. Sam F. Davis and the list goes on, right? And then we get into the uh, the 50-point races uh, with the risen star and everything. I mean, before you know, it, and then I like the rebel being February 24th is still something that I'm not going to get used to. Right. But yeah, it, it's February We're you know, we're, you know, what, six weeks out from, yep. you know, I guess seven weeks out from the, from then, you know? So it's just like you blink and we've done this long enough to where you blink and it's going to be the Florida Derby and the Arkansas Derby and all those fun things. So, it, you know, you might as well try to enjoy a little bit of the, the lull because it's about to get nuts. Yeah. And I think, I think it really next week is going to be interesting because the gun runner was, I thought a pretty strong race for two year olds. And now they're three, you know, even though it's just been a month, but now they're three in the look comp and it's the first kind of step. And I think how horses bounce back, will horses keep running as well as we saw, you know, I think that's going to be a fascinating race next week. And I'm really, really looking forward to that. And like you said, that just kicks off, you know, Pegasus week has always just been great ever since it started. It's, it's just added a big boost to January. And so that's always a fun weekend. So, yeah, I mean, this weekend it's like, yeah, we're focusing on making money. It's, but we're not really focusing on looking for the next, you know, star. Well, yeah, the next star ran today. That was, you know, she she, she won an allowance at Gulfstream earlier, but no. Um, yeah, and I mean, we do have the first twenty point Oaks race uh, this weekend, so there's mm-hmm. that, and and it's 
it's not it's not awesome, <laughs> but you do get twenty points, which might be enough or close to enough. Yeah. Um, but sadly, it, it's not. Like I said, like at least it'd been nice to have one of these races, even the Pasco, be like, oh, that's an interesting one. Maybe you know, move like as they go down into Tampa through that circuit. Maybe that's one. But I just, I don't know. Wasn't there for me. Yeah, I. There's a horse that I I'm kind of interested in playing there maybe, but I I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, I mean that's just it. It's a it's just kind of a I don't know. And like I don't see like a ton. And you could always Derby horses or or talented horses sneak up on you, but I don't see a ton running this week, even in like allowances or maidens. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And then I don't. I don't know if Oklahoma run or not. They had to cancel last week. There was like a sinkhole in the track. And now with this, <laughs> I don't know how bad a snow weather they're going to get. I know we are snow is not going to be a ton, but it is going to get freezing cold. Oh my gosh. So we'll see on it. I'm not, I haven't, to be quite honest, I haven't taken the Oakland racing real serious this week because of those kind of question marks around it, but we'll see what happens there. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry, Davey. We'll, we'll we'll get to the that later at the end of the show. Obviously, cold, cold week or cold game coming up uh, Saturday. But yeah, you're right. We're about. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with, I here in Missouri. It's always insane to figure out the, the weather as far as like this time of the year if it's going to snow or not. But one thing we do know is it's cold as shit right now. It's not, but oh, it's, it's about to be. So, I mean, brutally cold. The yeah. wind, so yeah, it's uh, I don't know what what down down south, um, what it's going to be like at, at Oakland, but you're right, it is kind of hard to, and that's the way it is. Like it feels like anymore. I mean, anytime you have have races called the Mockingbird Stakes <laughs> at this time of the year, it's like uh, how am I supposed to take this seriously, guys? <laughs> I, I love Oakland. I love they extended the schedule, but they got to regroup on what we're going to call our stakes races. They're so bad. These early ones. It's almost like they, they did everything right. You know, they got everything. Yeah. Like, Let's extend the meet. Let's do this. And they're like, Oh fuck. Like, what are we going to name it? What are we going to name these races? And they're just like, Hey, some intern or something like, can you, can you give us a list of like 10 different horse names that we could throw in for these stakes races? And then somebody was like in the holiday season or something. I don't know. It's crazy. They're awful. They're awful. The tinsel the and the mistletoe is, and yeah. What's terrible. the mockingbird? I I don't know. <laughs> and that like that doesn't have any relevance towards Arkansas, like the state of Arkansas either. Like I, I don't know. Like like Davey or, or Davey saying bathhouse rose steaks. I mean, it's a terrible name, but at least that's something in Hot Springs. Like mockingbird. Yeah. Like so weird. Bathhouse row is like. It's like the Travers. You could compare it to the Mockingbird. This is true. Then, yeah, the mock. Like I just keep thinking of the of the what is it? Uh, mock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. The Rebel's gonna be sweet. Uh. From what you some I saw someone. Where is it at? Sierra Leone. I guess is pointing to that. Um. Uh, Timberlake. I saw today is gonna be pointing to that for Brad, Brad Cox. Who knows? He's gonna he could have how many horses catching freedom. Obviously, you're. Your Smarty Jones winner maybe uh, go into there as well. Well, so I think the Re- and we know like in years past the Rebel not be surprised if we see a Pletcher uh, and a Baffert come in. Obviously, Baffert tends to do that, right? So uh, yeah, it, it I feel like we're gonna start really the Rebel to me always is a way to kind of indicate kind of some of the real horses we have. Yep, 
no, I agree. I definitely agree. And I, when they you 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 give away over a million dollars for a prep of a prep of a prep, then yeah. you're going to get a good field. And so, yeah, no yeah. shit. I mean, yeah, I mean Timberlake, uh, interesting. Uh, if he's pointing there, Sierra Leone. If if that horse shows up, I know I know a ton of people just adore that horse. I'm still on the fence uh, with him, but. I would certainly be excited to see him run there for, I mean, I, I don't know if he's good or, or if he's not or great or not. I'm not sure. So I'd love to see him. I, 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 I mean, I'm on record saying door knock and Sierra Leone, those two next starts are really going to tell us a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, we'll, and we'll, we'll get into it because we're going to talk. Yeah. That's kind of the, the main focus of today's show because right. of, Kind of the lack of uh, of uh, racing. We will do a little rapid fire after, but we will get into. We're going to kind of just I don't know, kind of a uh, let's kind of regroup a little bit before we really get going down this Kentucky Derby trail. So we'll we'll touch on all the info. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of questions I want to ask uh, you, Halterman, as well as people listening um, as it relates to the Kentucky Derby. And then we're going to rapid fire rapid fire selections. Um, for the, I put major stakes races, which is kind of funny, but um, for this weekend at Aqueduct, Oakland, and Tampa Bay, let's go. Yeah, I almost fixed it. I was like, oh, well, eh, it's kind of well, generous, but you know, they're major in terms of the other races this weekend. So that's all relative, right? Right. That's true. <clears throat> um, let's pull up the, uh, let me pull this up. Well, yeah, and if you guys have questions, comments, horses you want us to comment on, that kind of thing, just make sure you hit it up in the chat. Um, or if you're watching this after the fact, make sure you hit, leave a comment, and we will try to address it, whether it be – we try, always try to address it, a co- if, an answer in the comments. If not, we sometimes even will address it in a new video when Halterman either does – um, his rankings, or uh, if, if it's a good, you know, a good enough topic, we might even address it separately. So it's always good to leave comments. They're off in the Kentucky Derby. All right, guys, we are. Uh, let's see, about 113 days, 19 yeah. hours and 59 minutes away from Kentucky Derby 150. That's right, it's 150th running this year. And uh, what better way than to give us a look inside? And look, there's. Uh, uh, look inside. Why is it showing me this? Hang on. <laughs> Take a look inside the Kentucky Derby trail as it relates to, uh, you know, where we're at now before these Kentucky Derby kind of, uh, prep races really start going. Um, Halterman, I'll at least start it with you. Any, you know, where are you at now with some of the, I mean, are you kind of like, you kind of alluded to it, um, just a second ago in the opening, but like, are you pretty much like a wait, kind of a, a wait and see approach with all the horses right now? I mean, is there anyone that you're like, I'm really excited about? I think that horse can be, or is it more like, I like, but let's wait till they come back. Well, I, I obviously all of them, you kind of have that thought, but that's, you know, that's kind of not what we're doing here. You want to, you want to get some insight on this thing. And I think, look, I, I, I think, whether you want to admit it or not, I think fierceness at this point is way better than everybody else because I think he's ran two races that are way better than everybody else. And he's beat a better horse than anybody else has beaten that's on the trail. Right. I mean, he beat Muth and I, I, and he beat Muth so easy. And I just yeah. think you look at Muth and go, well, well, what is that horse done wrong? Right. And that's a horse that, 
I have picked a lot, bet a lot, and didn't really like him at the Breeders' Cup. And even when he lost, I said, ah, he's he's a lot better than what I thought he was. And then I thought he was really good in the San Vicente. So, look, I mean, he, that's a horse that came back and won and, and won pretty impressively. So, to me, fierceness is way ahead of everybody else. And I say that also because the number two horse in, on my list is Nisos. And who knows what's going to happen with him when it comes to the Bob Baffert situation again that we're having to deal with. So to me, it's like fierceness is at a high level and people are people horses are going to have to come up to that level or he's going to have to regress down to them at this point. Yeah. It's, it doesn't really feel like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know how he, like I don't know how like that's it's something's gonna have to like he's gonna have to come back and not be the same, yeah. Um, or you know or something because it's just I, I like you say like Muth was awesome, right? Like he mm-hmm. was like the other last week he was great. He looked like he looked the part. And you're like, oh yeah, I remember he got curb stomped by fierceness <laughs> not that long ago. Yeah, I, I mean. But but the the question mark with fierceness is we we have that one right we have that one dud of a race mm-hmm. and what he's freaked twice he's done he's had a dud once and it's just kind of like you, you still think he's the best and I don't think there's a lot of debate but you still wonder has he got to figure it out you know I I guess like he, it would be the answer you just don't have a lot of data. But yeah, I mean, it it does kind of feel like he that was so weird the second race, and who knows what happened there. But I guess here's the deal: like the race he ran at Santa Anita in the Breeders' Cup, he doesn't have to get a whole lot better off that, and he can probably beat the group we've seen so far. That's that's where I'm at with it. Now that's so far. That's sitting here January 11th, but I mean, it's very much he's a well ahead of everybody else. And I think Muth came back and showed you just how well ahead he is of everybody else. I thought, I think Muth is who he is. Like, I don't think he's great, but I also think you're going to have to run a very good race to beat him. And I, I think Nisos is still Bob's best horse, most talented horse, but Muth is further along in the process. I mean, he's, he's went two turns he is a, you know, a grade one winner. Of course, you know, Nisos is a, is a Bob Hope stakes winner. I think that's a grade three. But anyway, it's apple and oranges kind of at this point, though, because Muth has just checked a lot more boxes as far as his racing career goes. Well, I mean, at what point, like, we have, we keep, we, we've, we're used to this conversation at this point because it, it's happened, you know, happened last year, too. But, like, at what point uh, do we you know, we stopped talking about the Bob Baffert horses, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, at yeah. what point is it? Cause you know, last year he waited for a few of them waited till the very last, you know, the very last possible that he could to, to get a horse in. And, and uh, you know, what, at what point like, are you, how do you, how are we approaching? Cause I mean, the people are looking at the list here on the screen, there are zero Bob Baffert horses listed, yeah. but if you counted Bob Baffert horses, I would say you could list five easily that would probably could be in the top five here or top 20 here. Yeah. So what are you doing with those horses? How are you handling yeah. that? Are you still handicapping them? Like, okay, they, maybe they will get switched at some point. 
Yeah, you just have to do that as of right now. I just take them one day at a time, basically. An old adage there from from a sports team, but that's as a handicapper with Baffert, you can't exactly ignore it, right? Because what if what if they do just switch a trainer and they're fine? And but you can't you can't get too excited about them either, because who knows? I mean, I think when Arabian Night went down and won the Southwest, everybody was like, okay, that's going to be one that's going to get transferred. And then we didn't see him until the Haskell, right? So, and I, I, I'm skeptical that maybe Arabian Night was could have ran in those those Triple Crown races. And Baffert said, "You know what? I really don't want to go through the whole taking him somewhere else." So, I just think you you got to handle it one day at a time with them. But you know, as of right now, like they look like the next most talented horses. Um, you know, Silver Charm brings up Track Phantom, and I think. I'm really interested to see him in the LeCompte and, and those horses coming out of the gun runner. I thought track phantom. I'm not saying he's epicenter. He looked a little like epicenter, how he won that race uh, in the gun runner. And again, I'm not saying he's near that good yet, but I think at this point in epicenter's career, this, this point in gun, uh, track phantom's career, they're kind of on a similar path. Now the, can we see the levels come up for track phantom? I'm not sure. Yeah, I posted it there too. Uh, Track yeah. Phantom got an 89 buyer for that. An 87, um, by the way, was for Epicenter in that same race. And so it's, yep. I mean, it's it's not, it's impossible to compare horses, you know, year after year, but we do see a little bit of a, of a track record for that. And I mean, there's no reason to think he won't continue to improve. Um, right. And so mm-hmm. I think the question mark I would have for you, Alterman, for anybody is the horse that he, kind of stomped in the race right and that's nash i mean that's mm-hmm. kind of the, going into the race that was the horse and and going into the year that was the horse right i mean like he's top couple uh, as far as that so how how are you is it is it a make or break kind of situation for him where if and when wherever he shows up next with nash i mean obviously he's got to show more than he did last time yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm not going to be quick to give up on him um, because he did. He has shown some really good races, but yeah, that was not a good race from Nash, no doubt about it. He's got to get better. Um, again, though, I'm not going to give up on him. I, they're they're very young, and I think he can bounce back. But what your to your question is the next race a make or break? Probably is the best answer. You can. It's like you can never say never in racing, right? But you got to see him run a lot better in that next race. Maybe not even win, but like be threatening to win, right? Like there was never a time in that race talking about yeah. the gun runner where you thought Nash was winning and that, that can't happen as a huge favorite. Well, we see this a lot too with, I mean, especially trainers that have multiple horses in training like for, as far as it relates to the Kentucky Derby in this case is you, you know, you get a guy like Brad that Brad Cox that has multiple options, right? Tons of options when it comes. I mean, the list, there's several lit horses that are going to be pointed to the Kentucky Derby as we stand here today. One bad effort. It's not like he's off. He's, the horse is done for him totally, but it's like, yeah, we're just going to slow down with him. You know, we're not going to rush him. He's not ready. We'll wait for the sun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you don't have that with the, with the guy like Brad Cox and some of these trainers that have, you know, mo- multiple three-year-olds that are training, it is a little bit make or break situation for them because it's not like they'll just say, well, let's just keep trying. Let's just keep trying. You know, it's not D Wayne, right. That style where it's just like, we'll just keep throwing them in, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll back off. And so you gotta be careful. Um, and that's kind of why I say it, it does feel a little bit like a, 
it's you got to show something here or we or it's probably not going to happen at least right now but yeah and with these big barns it's like okay you're not going to go do it for me i'm going to move on to somebody else type of thing yeah yeah, yeah. and I that mean, you know he's got catching freedom sitting there talking about brad cox he got catching freedom that that could be his his new kind of a horse so to speak you know but Look, I, I, you know, I, I see somebody in the comment mentioning Snead as well. Um, so that was a second place finisher there at the Gunrunner, and that's again what I'm saying. The comp, I think, I, I'm very interested because I thought all three of those horses ran okay, ran well enough to make me go, okay, I'm, I'm ready to see them again. And also, guys, I think we really have to take the fairground serious. I, I know up until about four or five years ago, we really didn't, and that was for good reason, but. It's been really good the last few years, if not producing winners, producing quality contenders, producing contenders that, you know, at some point in the race look like they were going to win or they may have won or, or, you know, whatever you have. But, you know, horses that have really come out and ran well in the Derby are going through the fairgrounds now. So we got it. We got to keep that in mind. Yeah. We, I mean, like you said, it didn't feel like that long ago where we were like, you know, these weren't you know, this, these, this circuit, you just couldn't trust. Right mm-hmm. now it's, you know, it feels, I mean, for the most part, right. I mean, I'll just go like instant coffee, call me midnight, midnight bourbon enforceable, um, from the Lecompte situation. But I think another yeah. point to that is it's not necessarily always the winners of these, this race. It's, you know, we, we've seen it before, right. With these horses that, you know, they ran well, but didn't run, you know, or, you know, we ran the race, but didn't run well that, you know, two fields, for instance, you know, came back, obviously ran lost in the comp last year. We obviously know he, you know, nice horse there. Uh, Epicenter, another one that lost to, to call me midnight that year. Obviously, you know, cyber knife was in that race um, as well. When the midnight bourbon won uh, that year, proxy mandaloon, mm-hmm. um, we're all in that race. So the point being is it's, it's, it may not be a winner, type situation where you know it's only the winner i think it's it is a race where you're seeing quality horses start to ship there or, or point to the these the circuit and maybe they're not at their best at this race but i mean you're gonna get a few out of here and, and judging by what we've seen in the last couple of years kind of feels that you can trust that to happen again yeah no and i think you know epicenter is is my greatest example a horse that didn't win but he ran a winning race and he was the best horse in the crop that year so the fairgrounds form you can trust now and and therefore you need to take it a lot more serious than the the days of the i struck a nerve who would win those races down there you know yeah. so uh, you gotta you gotta be a little more careful about it now um let's see i'm trying to decide how i want to I'll, I'll just ask the the kind of the, the the glaring question and it's kind of an easy question to ask uh but maybe it doesn't have an easy answer. Um, the Derby was ra- was running Saturday. Yeah, who would be, who would be your pick? And if the Derby was running in May, the normal, who is your pick? Is that the same horse? Is it Fierceness? Is that where you're at? Or is it? Do you kind of are you like Fierceness would be it now? But if if you're waiting till then, maybe a horse like Muth or whether it or you know whoever is someone that you're like. I might take a chance with that horse in a couple months. If it was Saturday, I would probably bet $10,000 on fierceness. I just think he's that far ahead of everybody else, right? It maybe not 10,000 because of the inconsistency there, but yeah. I would bet a lot. I, I mean, I, at this point, who are you supposed to be scared of if they're running the race on Saturday? Right now, yeah. 
if you're talking about in May, it's impossible to answer because you just don't really know what's going to happen. We've kind of seen Pletcher horses. We know they've got that window of three or four good races, right? So yeah, like uh, let's say he kind of is like Forte a little bit in his in his like pattern of races. That kind of says, yeah, we could probably keep him real good until the Derby. So I think I, I'm not expecting this huge regression. I think if Forte would have stayed healthy, he would have had a sh- great shot to win the Derby last year. But you kind of saw he started to dip off a little bit towards you know the second part of that season. So I think Pletcher will keep fierceness in pretty good order. I, I don't see this big regression from him. I don't you know see it. But we've kind of talked about it, and we talked about it with Forte last year. Those horses were catching up to him, right? He didn't look like this standout. He looked like, yeah, maybe he wins, maybe he doesn't, but he wasn't a huge standout because he didn't really get any better. Yeah. That kind of thing can happen. And if fierceness doesn't really get better, doesn't progress, that's when you're going to leave other horses in with, with a big shot, right? But you just don't know who that is as of right now. You don't know. It's, it's just going to have to be who progresses at that moment. Yeah. And it, yeah, I think it's also interesting to like fierceness as like uh, is such a light is a light. Uh, he's lightly raced, he's, but he is he also yeah. ran in two grade ones. But he is like from comparison, like Forte had ran in five races as a two year old, I think, and and mm-hmm. and and fierceness has only ran in three. But they were you know he went from made a special weight to grade one to grade one, and then one in grade one the Breeders' Cup. So he's obviously stepped his up stepped his game up there, but he he's still a little he still feels in some weird way and i don't i can't even really quite like explain it but he does feel a little bit untested in some weird way and it doesn't i i get that doesn't make any sense because he just rolled at the breeders cup but from considering we've seen him three times once was in a maiden special weight once was a disaster and the other one was breathtaking right and it just kind of feels like yeah i think he's amazing but I just don't know yet. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. Yeah. Listen, I, I I think, I think that race in the champagne is going to weigh on everybody's mind. I really do. And I think that's imagine if he would have won that race, we probably would be talking like he might be, he might win the triple has a chance to be like one of the all time greats type of maybe not to that extreme at this early in his year, but you would, you would be thinking, it would be in your mind. It's not going to surprise me if this horse like takes a shot at running the table here. Right. But I think as handicappers, when we see no shows, it does kind of make us a little stick sick to our stomach. Like there's getting beat and there's no showing a race. Cause that's the worst feeling in the world. When, when a horse just doesn't show up for you. So I think that's part of the reason why you kind of have that situation. And I think the other reason is he hasn't been tested because think about it. The race at Saratoga, nobody was close to him. The race at the Breeders' Cup, nobody was close to him. And then the race of the Champagne, he wasn't close to anybody else because he quit. So we really haven't seen him get in a battle, you know? No. Like, so he's won, he's won by 11, and he's won by like 6 or 7, whatever it was, in yeah. the Breeders' Cup. And then he's, he lost by like 20 links in the Champagne. Yep. And I'll never forget, we had him, we put a good oh. amount of money on him at Saratoga that day. We were there. And we, we remember we went downtown, we're at the bar, like we'll leave here so we can show up for fierceness race and then watch the rest of the card. And I remember walking in there and like, 
he was rounding the corner already like four or five ahead. And it was like, well, that's great. We're going to cash this ticket. <laughs> yeah. Walk in and catch a ticket right off the bat. But yeah. at the same time, you're right. It's like, where are the other horses? They're not, where, where are they? They're not, they weren't there. Well, and, and, and even to give you the flip side of that, I remember the next race and you were, I think you were at an OU game or something. You didn't, you didn't have any good service or something. Yep. And, yep. uh, and we had played them everything, you know, we played everything right through fierceness. Yep. And when I was talking to you or texting with you, I was, you're like, how did fierceness look? And I was like, dude, not, not good. Like not only did he not win, but he never, he was a disaster and it just, you couldn't even believe it. Right. You didn't see yep. it. So you didn't until you watched it later, but you're like, you couldn't, you couldn't even fathom the fact that sure. Maybe getting beat by, if you said, Oh, Timberlake won, you're like, Oh, okay. I mean, Timberlake pretty good horse. Um, mm-hmm. But to lose by, you know, 20 links, so I guess that's just where we're at with him. That next race for him is it, it feels like in a weird way is a is a little bit of a prove it race. And I know that is probably not fair. And I don't by any means think like if he doesn't win, it's like, oh, he's he's trash. He can't, but but is he a super freak or is he just a little funky? Well, I think that next race will tell us. Well, I mean, the one thing we've always known, like when he was getting ready to run that day, everybody we knew was like, oh, he's, he's really good. And then in the champagne, everybody was like, oh, he's training better after that win. And I'm like, oh my God. And then he did that. So you you never know. Remember the quotes after the breeders cup, they were like, we didn't even know what he was going to do. Yep. But like literally the, you're, when the, the trainer and the owner Ripoli and, and Pletcher were like, we didn't even know. Like yep. we, we thought we wouldn't, we were like, we couldn't, he w- we wouldn't be surprised if he lost by, you know, lost by 20 again, or if he won, like what he did today. And so if the owner and, 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 and uh, trainer are telling you that it's, it's, that just tells you. And that, that wasn't trainer speak. Cause like, our connections were that 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 yeah. with the Pletcher Barn were kind of like they're entering him and they really they're just taking a shot. They're not sure. Yeah. So obviously it was the right shot. So it was the right shot. Yeah. <laughs> but holy shit! Because because the bottom line is is like you know to the same point like you said with if he would have won in the in the Champagne. Well, if if he wouldn't have ran in that race and Muth did what he did and the Muth did what he did last week, we'd be sitting here thinking. Gotta get him with another trainer now because this is a this is like the Derby winner for sure, mm-hmm. you know. So it kind of shows you just by that one race how it can be a little bit of a of a misnomer a little bit with with when it comes to fierceness because he just beat the brakes off of Muth and uh, and and Muth looks like a Derby horse. And like I said, in the two races he's won, he's really not let other horses be in the race, like he's kind of just broke their hearts, so to speak, you know, and, but again, we'll, we'll have to see. It's all about progress in this, this point. And if you, if you start to go backwards, even though you're a little bit ahead of the group, they will catch you. So it's, he's going to have to keep it up. All right. So, um, again, if you guys have a question about a certain horse, um, hit us up here in the, in the chat, we'll try to bring it up. And we've, I think we've been bringing up most of the horses you guys have talked about, but I, Give me uh, or give us a weird kind of a weird horse right now that okay. that's not maybe not in the top 20, maybe is whatever, but like a horse that maybe not a lot of people are talking about that you're like, you know what? I need you guys might want to watch out for this one. Um, so I had two in mind until you said not people are talking about. So let me think again. Um, 
They can two I mean, horse, okay, let me let, let me answer you in two parts. The two weirdest horses for me are Doorknock and Sierra Leone right now. Even though everybody's talking about them, I have no idea what they are. Like none. So they're very strange to me. I don't know what to make of the rims. And I've been on public, you know, many times, many videos saying, I'm not saying it was bad and I'm not saying it was good. I'm saying I didn't understand it. And I'm not going to understand what the sources are till the next start. So there's two right there uh, that I'll just kind of throw out. Uh, weird horses that people kind of under the radar. Hmm. Let's see. I thought he's not really under the radar. I was very confused with change of commands race. I thought that was a strange one. Um, looked like this horse was getting ready to roll and win by four or five and kind of quit. So I was weirded out by that one. And I think legalize, and I know it's kind of biased because legalize is on my fantasy team. Two nice wins in sprint races, but has a route pedigree. That's not, not a lot of people are talking about that horse. I think legalize when he stretches out will be interesting for kind of an under the radar trainer. So legalized change of command. That's another couple of kind of weird horses at this moment. Yeah. Um, I, 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 to me, to me, and it's not, it's not, this is not a good one because of, of uh, who is trained by and obviously is ranked by a very high, you know, but not what is, what is Nisos really? What is he? Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's so regarded. He's like similar to Nash. And I'm not saying like I think he's going to be bad or anything. I just think I'm very intrigued by him because I think it's a very hit or miss type situation with that horse. And and Bob Baffert obviously has a, a ton. And the other one for me is um, is Timberlake because that's one that in the Champagne looked awesome, and then in the Breeders' Cup did not look awesome, right? Yeah. And and we've seen this before with with Brad Cox horses that have looked good at, at you know as a two year old and really didn't, but then kind of. You came back with them and did did okay as a three year old. So very interested to see how that horse comes back because you, know, you look at the rankings there or the uh, um, the leaderboard and he's sitting. I mean, he's in third. He's got sixteen points. He really just needs a decent finish. Uh, if he does put for the rebel is is the is the is the race. He just needs a decent finish in the race and he's in the Derby. So I mean that he's one to me that from you know I feel like a lot of people are talking about all the other Brad Cox horses. He's kind of one that is already there and I think could, could be interesting. Yeah. I, I liked him a lot going into the breeders cup and I'm with you. I thought he ran pathetic, honestly. And yeah. I, I, I don't know how excited I am, but he definitely is one that is being forgotten. Totally. That could still come back and be okay. You know, like I said, he's ran very well at times. So I'm with you on that. AK all AK hall mentions, watch out for real men violin. Let me call it right now. That is a candidate for a horse to come out of nowhere and finish like second or third in the bluegrass at 20 to one. That is a McPeak weird horse. We'll run him on six different surfaces. He'll show up in the bluegrass and you'll go, what is this? And he'll hit the board at 20 or 30 to one. That's my prediction on real men violin. <laughs> the thing is with McPeak is like, you can almost guarantee that he's going to show up with like, I mean, he's going to have a horse that like in that last, you know, second appears on the Derby radar, mm -hmm. but you're not going to figure, you're not going to know when it's coming. It, you're not mm -hmm. going to be able to predict it. It's not going to be like, Oh, the four to five force. He continues to win races. He's in the Derby. It's going to be to me. It's like, okay, well, yeah, of course you got one in. So, yep. Um, Shadi cool. asked about parchment party. That was first round. I believe the first round, the uh, pick yeah. draft by the magic Mike team. 
Yeah, we'll see on him. He's looked pretty good so far. I haven't really heard much about where he might run next, but yeah, I mean, he you could throw him in the list and he's kind of that that horse that's sitting there unproven. Uh the Born Noble horse for Pletcher, another yeah. one you could kind of say looked really good unproven and El Capi who looked pretty good but is also very unproven. So those what's are kind of What's the Badford on my team that just broke his maiden? Oh, oh that, that's a good one as well. Imagination is Imagination. a horse. That, I thought he looked pretty good, and he you could you could definitely put him in that category as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're mentioning Miramati. I don't I don't know anything about what he's. I haven't looked him up, but I think stretching out Miramati will be decent. But I I he's not in that category of these other ones we just mentioned because he can't get his maiden broke yet. So we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, with imagination, it was like he has another one. He I think he had lost twice in a row as a two year old, yeah. and then came back and he looked awesome. So. Yeah. Um, you never know sometimes that, that, that switch out or getting, you know, to the three-year-old season, um, you know, especially if these Baffert horses can do wonders, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I still think that with, with Nysos and, and, and Muth, and I was talking to you uh, earlier about this and, and then, you know, coach prime and uh, night, you know, I said, Nysos imagination, like there's a ton that we still don't quite know what the filter of who's going to go where and where are they going to, you know, which one's yep. good, which one's going to be on the Derby tree, you know, we, cause we've seen this countless times. Right. And, and especially over the last several years with the, with the ban for Baffert where one might disappear and one might be on the trail. Then this one's on the trail, but now he's not going to go to Baffert. He's not going to leave Bob Baffert. Right. This one yeah. is going to leave. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's like, yeah, you can get excited about him, but it's hard to get too excited about any of them yet. Yep, he's he when he wasn't banned from this thing, it, totally he different. would try to get as many horses as he could in the gate. And why wouldn't you? You got owners, they want to run there, but now that's changed. And like you said, like with Coach Prime, you even said it to me. It's like the problem is, is he going to be good enough where they push him to the derby, or are they going to say, you know what, he's not that great right now? We'll just ease up yeah. on him, point him to different stuff. And I think with any of Baffert, Baffert's horses, that is going to be an issue. I mean, just like we talked about with the Brad Cox, yeah, with Pletcher, with you know the list. There's a, you know with, when you got guys like that that have those kind of options, they're not feeling forced. Because the other thing is, is like tends to be like the same owners year after year, right? Mm-hmm. So like Bob Baffert has the same owners that have been at the Derby, and Pletcher does, and and Cox does. So it's like. They've all, it's not like you have you and me as the owner and we're like, come on, come on, just tr- try it again. You know, these guys are like, yeah, well, we'll have one more next year. We'll have another yeah. one the next year. You know, so if it's not there, they're just not going to do it. hundred mm-hmm. um, percent. AK <laughs> wants to know about just steel. That to me is the horse that's going to just uh, run in all the preps and probably yeah. still not get in. I mean, he's going to run all the preps. He may get in, he may not. It, it's just going to depend. I I don't have a lot of interest in him. Over under 12. No, I'll, I'll get a real one. Over under six races between now for him, between now and the Derby. I think it'll, I hope it's under, but it might be over. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you I know, hope. three are already on the docket, and he's been known to kind of squeeze in a fairground race in between one of those Oakland races. I think. I think four would be the most, but I, I don't want to commit to saying that for sure. <laughs> um, one horse, this is a very obscure horse, uh, Exarban Derby for for Johnny Ortiz. I heard this horse was really 
going to be a pretty good horse. They were pretty high on him. He completely missed the break on debut. I mean, horrific. Got way behind. He made up a lot of ground late. So you might keep, like, stable that one up. I'm not saying he's a derby horse. Stable that one up. What was the horse's name at Aqueduct on Saturday or Sunday? I think it was a three-year-old, wasn't it? Well, that was a New York bred. Um, I cannot remember the name of that horse that what that's you talk about bad breaks from the gate that would be it um, but if someone can shoddy you will let you bring it up which whatever race it was yeah you know, I, I mean no matter what regardless of this conversation you have to go watch this replay uh, yeah, which by the way crimson, sorry go ahead good well i say crimson light fourth race at aqueduct on sunday yeah crimson light okay um by the way uh, it's on our bio on pretty much all our social channels. We're at, we have a discord now. So if you want to get in involved with us, uh, talking about horse racing 24 seven, basically bets and plays and horses to watch and all the fun stuff. It's discord. If you don't know what discord is, it's basically like a little, you know, message board. Um, so just go find that in our bios there and go, uh, join it. It's free. It's for people to communicate with each other, uh, about something we like when horse racing. Um, yep. All right. Uh, I don't know. Any, got anything else that you want to touch on with as far it relates to the Kentucky Derby? Because really, from now on, like you mentioned earlier, it's like we're going to be talking specifically. We might have updates here and there, of course, but it's pretty much we're straight into uh, you know the specific Derby races as we get into them. That's probably a pretty good, pretty good like precursor or start, so to speak. I think, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, we'll just go down the road and see what happens here. We have a lot to talk about over the next few weeks uh, and kind of add to the conversation. But yeah, I do have good a good start. question for you. I have a okay. question. Um, yeah. I'm actually, you know, and we've talked about this before on the show and and obviously privately, but I am genuinely curious. Are you starting? Are we gonna get? Is this the, is this the year? Are you starting to feel like? Is, are we gonna get a little bit back to normal? When it comes to the Kentucky Derby, um, are you starting with the with? I mean, I know it's way too early, but like with some of the horses that are kind of looming around, do you kind of feel like maybe we're going to see something a little more normal this year? Yeah, and I think we may have last year, if not for injuries and stuff. I think that the injuries kind of flipped it upside down a little bit. But it, yeah, I mean, look, it feels like it feels like so. It feels like so, but the horses that are healthy on January 11th, that's the problem. Will they be healthy even March 11th? You know? <laughs> so that's, that's the problem. But as of right now, it seems like we've got some pretty nice horses. Yeah. Shawnee. I think uh, Leslie's Rose is going to win the Derby. So just what, what did you think of Leslie's Rose today? I thought, I thought she looked good. I mean, I think that the horse that ran second ran huge. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, again, it was one of those things. It's kind of like the Baffert horse the other day. I was like, I'm not really discouraged by the fact that that, that she was somewhat close to that one because they were like 15 links ahead of everybody else. Um, I think getting going longer again, I'm just looking for my first opportunity to probably drop her. Right. But from a bigger picture, I do think she's nice. I think stretching out. Well, I know stretching out feels like with her pedigree, she's going to be really good. Um, I do think she's a really nice horse. So, uh, uh, but I don't think she's going to win the Kentucky Derby. Uh, No, uh, (laughs) I don't think, I don't, I was like, Hmm, she, hopefully she gets better stretching out. I thought she, I don't, I, it's hard to, it's hard to call it bad because 
it's a win. It's an allowance. It's Gulfstream. It's not easy to win those races. Um, and look, I, I think they were well clear of everybody else. So I, I think it was a solid race, but I don't think it jumped off the screen at all. It's kind of one of those things that it looked like for me, I was like the, the turn you're like, Oh, this is about to be what, what I thought it was going to be. Right. Yes. And then you're like, okay, come on. You never really felt like she was going to lose, but at the same time you were like, come just come on, you know, like just pull away a little bit. And, and it's hard to say, it'd be interesting to see what the number comes back as, uh, from that race. Maybe that rate horse just ran huge. Um, but I'm with you. It, it kind of looked like it had the makings of looking like it was about to be awesome and it didn't, it really didn't come to light, you know? So. Yeah. It was, it was kind of like the change of command race where it's like, Oh, this is going to be a romp. Oh, is this horse going to win? I think this horse may lose. Nope. She won, but it, it wasn't ideal for what you kind of wanted to see, but it, it wasn't awful at the same time. Again, it's hard to win races. It was her second start. I mean, people are so harsh. It's like second start. You know, you, you can't just sit there and go, well, she's trash now. No. But All I know I, is uh, that from my expert here, Michael um, Osen, that, um, listen, I've got 10 points in the fantasy. Do I have more? It's 10, right? I got 10. Yep. yep. It's like easily the best start of my fantasy career, which I've won multiple times. Yeah. So I'm good. Like I've got 10. Usually when I'm claiming a horse, I go straight to the negatives, which I will. <laughs> Unless I get another win, but right. I'm, I've already got 10 points. So I feel like I'm playing with house money at this point. So yeah. I'm ahead of the game, uh, even with drafting a Philly in the first round accidentally. So it's, uh, you know, again, if I didn't draft her, I would have been Dornick. That's going to be once he starts coming back and running. If he starts looking amazing, then I might feel a little more sick about it. Uh, right now, I don't. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, there's some there's some first round picks in there that are highly questionable still. And so, well, by the way, that's a good good. Uh, let's go that real quick. Fierceness, Nisos, Nash, Nash is on the chopping block right there. Locked. We'll see, right? Yep. Sierra Leone, another one you're very curious about. Muth, obviously, I think he's going to be a nice one for guys. Yep. Uh, El Capi, that's another one that you know very interesting for yours. Yep. Knights Bridge, uh, I don't even know that he's. Is he had to work recently? I would hit the panic button here pretty quick on Knightsbridge. Yeah, especially considering who's trained by Leslie's yep. Rose, uh, who got a win. Boom. Yep. Uh, Dornick and Parchment Party. So that's your first round. So, yeah, I mean, there's uh, several on that list that are not Phillies mm-hmm. that you need to be worried, at least very curious about. So, well, I mean, with, with a horse like El Cappy and Knightsbridge, if he was working, but El Cappy as well it's like he could run fourth next time out and it's a horrible pick or he could win and it's like okay this is looking good so well it's all real i mean the first round is it passed in our league past fierceness nisos and really past them nash yeah. i guess at the time felt a little more of a good pick or at least of a for sure pick but mm-hmm. point of it being is it's really all relative to how they run after that right you know first round doesn't mean anything um, cause you're drafting yep. horses in yep. December that are two year olds. So it's really impossible. How many, how many years other than that first, you know, those heavy hitters in, in our fantasy league, it's very rare that you see a horse that's been drafted in the first round. Usually it's like that horse turns out to be like the one you picked up in the third round or the fourth round or claimed yep. in the, you know, in February or whatever. So you just, it's, 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 it's a tough, that's why these drafts are so tough, especially now when you have 11 teams. Yep. For sure. I got authentic in the third round of the, of our draft that year that I won it. And that was, you know, right, right before I drafted and yep. I, was, I had him circled. I was ready to, I was just so pumped to have him. <laughs> um, 
Well, shit. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, I claimed Country House in yep. February or January. Uh, um, he ran that race at Gulfstream, and you claimed him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been January. I think it was no, either January it was, or early February. Dude, yeah. it was right after the Pegasus because I. Okay. The only reason I got him is because I there was like what a nine way shake for. Uh, who was that mule that we all? Yeah, had? Hidden Scroll. That's hidden right. Scroll. Yep. I didn't get him, and my backup was Country House, but I didn't get him, and I you know, I won yep. that one. So yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> yep. See, you never know. Um, all right, guys, that's a, uh, that's a wrap on the Kentucky Derby uh, contenders. Obviously, we will stay tuned uh, as these, uh, as we go down the road uh, towards the Kentucky Derby. And uh, next up, right, the next up next week, we'll be talking legit Kentucky Derby prep races. Yeah, Eddie, we talked a little bit about Born Noble. Um, very interesting horse, liked the horse, thought the performance yep. was was really good. Again, one of it seems like one of the top one of Pletcher's top ones, but he's got several, so we'll see. Yep. And you know, we'll we'll find out if he's a uh you know, what is that? A King's Barnes or if he's, you know, somebody different, a little different than that. You know I don't wanna I, I don't think he I think he's alive, but where is King's Barnes? Like he's okay like is he is he okay? <laughs> I haven't heard that name since I just mentioned it in a long time. Let's see. Wait I mean, for it. Has he been? Uh, he okay. He had his first work back on New Year's Eve, and he had to work on January sixth. So he is alive. And what was the? Was it? Was the Derby? No, has he ran since the Derby? He ran in the Pegasus, not the, that Pegasus, but the Pegasus. Yeah. At oh, yeah, 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 you're right. And he got second. Yep. Yep. So he went maiden allowance, Louisiana Derby, 14th in the Kentucky Derby, second in the listed Pegasus stakes, disappearing. <laughs> so we'll see. But I'm not saying Born Noble's that. No, not at all. I'm just saying that's what we'll find out in the coming races. Right, right. Um, Dina Spirit was not well. No, I don't think the Dina Spirit was first round pick, was it? No, I don't think so. He was drafted, I'm pretty sure, but uh, well, I'm very sure Paul had him, but I, I think it was a second round pick. I don't know, I'd have to go back and look. Oh, that, that mule extra Neho. I thought they should have retired him. Yeah, not not excited about that. Shoddy, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard you be excited about Angel of Empire, so that's a We'll see. Not not excited about him either, really. <laughs> nope, don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, it is time for Rapid Fire, presented by Racing Dudes Best Bets. Go shoot, go make sure you go check out the bets best page uh, at racingdudes.com. It's right there on the main menu. You can see uh, the tab there, ra- uh, Best Bets, Halterman, myself, Magic, Papa Dude. Uh, we're all on there. Uh, I mean, Papa Dude's just been, I'm telling you, like, if, go follow this guy. Like, so we've kind of all gotten our little spots now. And Papa Dude, strictly in sports. And he, I'm telling you, like, and this isn't just like a spiel. He, like, if you want to not, it's not, you're not going to have huge hits. But if you want to have a system, a, 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 a very s- slow and steady, I mean, shit, just play what he's playing. Because yep. look at, I mean, the, the the profits are crazy. 
Let's look at it. I'll pull it up real, real fast on my end. Uh, he's, yeah, he's twelve thousand dollars in profit, twenty-one percent ROI. Yep. In all time, he's got a three hundred and eighty-four for two sixty-one wins mm-hmm. and losses. I, I, I said, I said in a video uh, the other day, a best bets video. I said, I, go to any sports site that will lie to you and say, oh, we've got all the secrets, we got these systems, we can't lose, you know, and go find somebody that's got a re- like a legit record like that. And there isn't a secret to it. He just outworks everybody else. He he texts me today. He goes, hey, I've got a, I've got a line on this Hawaii game tonight. I'm like, Hawaii? Pop, what are you talking about? <laughs> he goes, well, when Hawaii comes to the mainland and they're such and such under or the such and such favorites, always go against them. But when they're a slight favorite at home, against a team that's better than them take them because that that travel is just so tough and he goes on and on but he's got angles like this for everybody if you want to bat college basketball this is your guy like he's got so many like i guarantee you right now he's probably watching i don't know who's playing but like college of charleston taking on whoever right (laughs) i mean it's crazy the the angles he has uh, on on these games it's just it's so hard in sports betting to have a positive, I mean, positive ROI is one thing, but to have like a such a dramatic win win loss in the win column is insane. Yep. I mean, uh, Magic's got a great one, ninety six and fifty. Um, but yeah, you go go check. As what makes this thing this page so great is you can kind of you can you start to learn about all how our different styles um, of play. I'm I'm more spotty. Like I pick my spots. I'm more aggressive in those spots. Halterman plays a lot of plays. Um, you know, pretty much every day, you got sports for, for Papa Dude, Benny, and Dennis. Um, if you're, I mean, if you're looking to lose money, you could always fade, you could, you could, or you could win money by betting the opposite of what Dennis told you to bet. Well, uh, but still, you're gonna be disappointed because Dennis hadn't posted a play since October. So, <laughs> why is he on here then? I have no idea. <laughs> All right. Well, Dennis may be dead. So, let's, yeah. let's. <laughs> anyways, go check out the best bets page at racingdudes.com. All right, guys. Let's start with, uh, let's see, where is it? Race number six. The, we're going to go. Did you know there's a Kentucky Oaks race this weekend? I uh, heard. Race number six at Aqueduct on Saturday. Usanda Stakes worth 100K, going a mile and eight for Phillies. Three-year-olds, 20 points for the winner. 20, 10, 6, 4, 2 uh, for your top uh, five. And uh, what do you know? There are five horses in the race. So you're all getting points. One again, you're all getting points. Halterman, 4 to 5 on Shimmering Allure. Uh, five to two on Jin Jin, nine to two on most of all. That's your top three choices. What do you think? Yeah, I'm not going to play McPeak as a favorite on top, so I will just say that Shimmering Shimmering Allure definitely looks like the best horse in the race, but I've been fooled by that many, many a time. So uh, we'll probably play uh, uh, number three, most of all, on top in this spot for Bill Mott. Uh, look, I don't think this is a great horse, but I do think you know we'll run a little bit better than she did last time out. Um, you know, keeping her kind of going long here. I think that's a good sign. You know, Mott, obviously a very good trainer, liked that Lascano is aboard here. So give me the number three most of all to pull off a mild upset. It's funny how, you know, you and I are a lot different, a lot alike in a lot of ways. And this one, we're very much alike because you, you, you see four to five on McPeak. You're just like, no, can't okay. do it. I, I don't even need, I don't even look at the form. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not playing her. So let's move on. Uh, I went with the one Jin Jin, you know, Brad Cox. A horse that didn't necessarily look awesome last time out in the golden rod but you know i like the fact we're, he's running the mile and eighth here had ran a mile 16th the last two efforts 
uh, got second to West Sunset um, to back beat BB Stream in that race. Kind of been a hit or miss type horse, but it's kind of slowly. Seems like the distance is uh, is not going to be uh, an issue for Jinjin. Jin. Maybe that extra distance. The fact that Brad has got it, uh, got her going a little bit longer. Um, tells me he's not exactly worried. But again, it's Brad Cox. She's getting a little bit of class relief out of that goldenrod race. Um, and like you mentioned, you know, I'm I'm not playing Shimmering Allure. I was really between the one and the three, right? I mean, that's the most mm-hmm. logical. Uh, I, I would play I would play both of those. I just have no interest in playing. And, and this thing, too, is like Shimmering Allure, fine. Like, but what? I don't know what she's done to deserve four to five either. So I don't know. Well, I and I think nobody's any good in this race. You know, That's she's yeah. she's definitely has the best resume. For sure. But what does that really mean in a race like this, you know? I mean, yeah, she's ha- she has the best resume out of a group of <laughs> the group of shit. Right. So it's like, yeah, I get it. And another reason why I'm not. Oh, let's go to the Mockingbird. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I expect a lot of a lot of uh, clips being pulled from this guys using the dumb and dumber <laughs> quotes. Mockingbird Stakes, Oklahoma Park, race nine, uh, worth 150k, going six furlongs um, for three year old Phillies. Field of six lines up here for the elusive Mockingbird. How do you? Uh, <laughs> there's there's a. Okay, anyways, wh- where are you going here? I got a name. This is an interesting. Not only is a horse. There's a horse name in here that. Tanya Showers sounds like a like a porn from like the the 80s. It does. That's who I'm picking. That's um, who I'm picking too. <laughs> so, but doesn't it like that's like the movie you found, like the the old VHS tape you found in your parents' bedroom. That's like, what is Tanya Showers? <laughs> I'm gonna rent that one. I certainly looked at that and thought that is an odd name for a race uh, or a horse. And I thought that when she debuted as well. Um, Look, I think I think she's the best of this group of six. There's not a whole lot to get extremely excited about. I kind of did like the number five Divine Gal a little bit, but uh, I think Hartman's got a little bit better one here with Tanya Showers. I think she's going to get the right setup, right kind of trip. So I took the six Tanya Showers in this one. Chris Hartman, he's been hot uh, at Oakland, and uh, what's new, right? With especially yeah. these kind of horses and Landor- Landeros as well and you combine those two they te- they've done quite well so tanya showers in the mockingbird right <laughs> of course that's <laughs> a sentence i never thought i would ever say but here we are i did say it so there we go um let's go to tampa bay let's go to the uh, this one's almost as bad but at least it's the gasparilla the gasparilla stakes race seven 125 seven furlongs for phillies three-year-old going uh for Phillies three-year-olds, I'm, I'm still flustered by the Tanya, <laughs> Tanya Showers. Seven furlongs. So field of eight lines up here. Mystic Lake for Lake for Safi Joseph at six to five. Do you think she can take uh, to the dirt here and be as dominant uh, as she has been on the synthetic? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about this one. I, I, think, I think the synthetic form will transfer a little bit better to this surface than maybe the Gulfstream surface, but... Look, I I think Mystic Lake's going to be really hard to beat. I really do. I I, I really like how the horses look there. Um, look, I, it, it is Tampa. Weird things can happen. I get if if you don't really want to, or if you're a little bit worried about the surface. But isn't she just kind of a lot better than this group? Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, I 
obviously you look at the form you're like okay let well maybe you know let's try to beat her if, well, who else is in here and you're kind of like yeah i just can't you know the only one that i was semi-interested in was was the six gorgeous girl yeah and that horse hadn't won a race since the maiden and hasn't looked that good the last two especially at tampa last out and I just think, you know, look at how good Safi's been, too, to start off the, the meet here at Tampa. Like, you know, six starts, three wins, um, three seconds. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, Zayas is great, and those two are, you know, incredible together. I just This one just kind of feels like is never going to just kind of cruise around there, never be tested. Yep. That's how I saw it, too. All right. We're both on number one, Mystic Lake, to win the Gasparilla. And let's go to race number nine, the Pasco Stakes at Tampa. Uh, 125k for going seven furlongs for three-year-olds so maybe we got some derby horses in here alterman field of seven shows up here three to two on bookham dano and nine to five there's west saratoga nine to five on west saratoga what you think kind of feel like i've said that to our buddy dan wait when i've been drunk before bookham dano surely <laughs> i've said that a time or two to him <laughs> I would I would not bet that against the fact that you probably have said that. So. Yeah, that sounds like something I would say to him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, am I crazy for really liking this horse? I really like the number three Bookham Dano in this spot. I think he looks way better than the rest of this bunch. I know he's a New Jersey Brad, and you know I know that it, it is the Pasco, and it's not. It's probably not something you should like get overly excited about, but. I think he's a huge standout. I, I think he I think he beats West Saratoga and the rest of this bunch. I, I took number three Bookham Dano on top. I mean I guess we're gonna keep green agreeing. I, I I'm with you. I I'm not like sitting here thinking this is like the next, you know, horse that's gonna win the Tampa Bay Derby, but you, this is a horse that has been favored. I, I get that, you know, not the toughest races, but has been favored. Um, and all four starts made got the first loss last time out and kind of uh, just got out finished there but going that was going a mile that, that yep. time cutting back to the seven furlongs this horse at six furlongs and five and a half has just been straight up dominant has the pace or has the speed you know um, but also is very tactical so i'm with you i i think uh this horse just kind of stands out obviously the one west saratoga is a, is the threat but when I looked at the numbers, and I don't know what they are for time form, but the, all the buyers, I mean, this horse has just really stood out from uh, top to bottom uh, over the one. So give me the three, Bookham Dano as well. Yeah, same kind of thing on the on the time form numbers too. I I, I was more like, I just kind of watched his replays and was like, he kind of does everything that you kind of want one to do. Um, and again, I don't, I'm not sitting there saying he's a world beater, but he, he seems pretty well meant for this spot. Yeah, I mean... If you're going to, I don't know, if you're going to pull an upset, it, I I had a little bit of interest in the seven just because of the, the pace situation, but drawing on the outside, I don't necessarily love. Um, but when I was kind of taking like a shot, I, I, I looked at the seven for a little bit, but I just, I, I don't know how, because it's just the three either goes and, and they're in clearly he's faster than the rest of them. Or if he sits off, I think he's, he should be able to eat them up late. So give me, give me the three book him Dano as well uh i guess i have to ask it's not really a derby prep but i mean are you interested at all with him moving forward or is it it kind of feels like sprinter right well you kind of mentioned it uh to kind of answer the question of like hey you know when he did lose when he stretched out so that does kind of concern you a little bit um so now i don't what I don't about really the one west saratoga a horse that's already ran in two derby preps 
um, won the Iroquois and then, you know, got fifth and not run well uh, in the Breeders' Bee Charity to locked in the wine steward. He finished one, two, but obviously a horse they've, they've had some, some hopes for any, any interest in him and to kind of wait, wait and see with him. He's probably more interesting as far as like Kentucky Derby trail than book him yeah. Dano because of the dis. I don't think he'll have trouble stretching out, but I no, I don't have a lot of interest in him to be honest. And I mean, let's, let's be real. If there was a horse in here that you had a lot of interest in for the Derby, you would probably would put him on top, even though book him Dano. Yeah, he's nice, but you kind of got to be able to beat him. I would think would be step one to get on the Derby trail, you know? Yeah, I, I I don't really I recall uh, top of my head, but just just doesn't ever feel like a race that in years past where the past goes like it's almost it doesn't feel like the the circuit of a lot of these tracks where it's like okay you start with the smarty then you go to the rebel you know what I mean this is just kind of like some random horses are in here doesn't really mean much moving forward when it comes to the Derby Trail right I totally agree <laughs> Bookem Dano who would have thought that's our pick. On a, on a race and rapid fire, but here we you are. Didn't have the, you didn't have the uh, Pasco targeted for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, to, as funny as the name as Tanya Showers is, Book and da- Bookham Dano is equally as awesome. Right. Oh, totally. I yeah. mean, that's a great name. Yep. Totally. When that one got sent in and got passed, you're, you're like, oh, yeah, that's yep. great. I'm gonna, great hopefully, guy. this horse is good because I'd love to hear that horse's name called multiple times um yeah crazy mason guys at tampa crazy mason was the four horse for sacco um, crazy mason yeah interesting got second last out going mm-hmm. six i don't know wouldn't be shocked well i frankly wouldn't be too shocked if any of these was that's no, kind of, same. yeah that's <laughs> what kind of race that is so yeah he i think I think that horse, Crazy Mason, I, I watched the, a couple of his, or, uh, yeah, I think maybe his last one uh, the most, but I didn't see anything spectacular, but I didn't see anything horrible either, you, you know, but that's kind of the story of that race in general. Right. All right, guys, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing News Premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok. So that all you TikTok uh, users can go find the Racing Dudes, and we've got all our content uh, on there as well. You can find episodes of Blinkers Off by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, if you're watching here, make sure you hit us a, a follow, a like. Um, and uh, if you want to listen to the Magic Mike show, you can find them as well. All those same channels. They did the Santa Anita Park late pick five preview today. So if you want to talk about that or if you want to get more information on the, on their thoughts, go make sure you watch that. And the dudes who bet, uh, Hawthorne and, and Papa Dude that recorded that earlier. It's live out there now. NFL playoff picks was the topic at hand, uh, which is a perfect segue into our playoff NFL playoff talk here for a second. Uh, I didn't, I watched some of it. I, I, I'm sure you saw my comments. I was chiming in a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, I did see, um, I didn't see who you guys picked though for the, uh, the Cowboys game. Right, do we, do either one of you believe in the, in the, in green Bay? We, we both picked the Cowboys in that one. I, I don't think if you're a Cowboys fan, you love the matchup. But I do think they should win. They should win. But it's also the Cowboys. Green Bay is playing well right now, and so is Jordan Love. But yeah, 
I don't. I'd be a little surprised if they lost. I would be surprised if they lost. Now, if you if you don't think they're going to cover seven, you you know you, there's some opportunities there. But I I don't think Dallas is going to lose at home to Green Bay. Um. All right. Let's hear it. I heard. You know what? I can't remember who was asking. Who? Curtis. Yeah, the Discord is um, you just go. I don't know. You can search for race, just racing dudes Discord, or go to our Twitter page, YouTube page, all the places, and you can find the Discord. I'll probably put. It, I'm gonna throw a link on our on our uh, on our homepage as well mm-hmm. um, for the Discord. But yeah, you just uh, go search for the race dudes, join it. It's free. It doesn't mean anything, and uh, you can just chat with us if you have questions. You know, you know, I'm on there. Halterman's on there. Matt, everyone's on there. So if you want comments and things like that, it's just fun, fun little uh, area to talk about uh, horse racing. So any react? I mean, Halterman, I'm sure you guys talked a lot of bit about this on today's show. But uh, any thoughts? A lot of head coach outings this week, not just in NFL, but uh, in college as well. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did about 45 minutes on it on the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show, Papa Dude and I. But yeah, I'll touch on it here as well. Um, yeah, the Nick Saban news definitely rocking college football. And who goes to Alabama? And then where are they coming from? And then what job is open, right? So the hot rumor was Dan Lanning from Oregon. And then that that's not going to happen. So, you know, but if he would have went, then Oregon's open. So uh, it's going to be a kind of a carousel here. Although the more you kind of hear, um, like Lane Kiffin, it was one I thought, that would make a ton of sense. It doesn't sound like he's going to go there either. So where does Alabama go? Um, it's going to be really interesting. And I, I, I told people, and nobody really listened, but I told them it's not a given that Alabama is just going to be great no matter who they hire. Because if you look before Saban got there, they were a mess. And they had mm-hmm. been a mess for a while. And you got to hire the right guy, and especially these days and times in college. So that will be very interesting to see who they hire. They they can't get it wrong. If they get it wrong, they will go down. I I guarantee it. Well, and I don't know what the I haven't really looked, but I'm sure there's got to be recruits that are backing out now, right? There's one for sure that has. Everybody else is kind of just in a waiting pattern, I think, to see. And again, like you you can't just hire anybody. Like you got to get it right, and so that's. But that's the thing with recruiting and, and with NIL and the transfer portal, it's a, it's a different game right now. And you get right down to it. That's probably why a guy like Saban was like, you know, I, I don't know that I've got the energy to keep doing this. Yeah. How about that? Minus 30 windshield. I, the, the temp is the actual temp is supposed to be like zero degrees and the wind's going to be brutal. I dude, it's, I, I've been looking at the prices cause I'm like, well, shit. I mean, I might go, but lower level, okay, lower level playoff game at mm-hmm. Arrowhead. Lower level seats are going for as low as seventy nine dollars. That's that you shows you how miserable it's going to be. Yeah, you can't get a lower level in a preseason game for with the Chiefs mm-hmm. for seventy nine dollars. So it just goes to show you, and so it makes you wonder what what's the, what's the crowd turnout going to be? Not that it. You know, but that is a huge thing for for you know having a home field game at, at uh, in the playoffs, right? And so it, it's definitely going to be interesting. I I just I'm kind of with you guys on how you talked about the Chiefs. I mean, obviously I'm um, biased, but they should win, right? Yeah. They should. I don't really oh, believe yeah. in Miami. Um, no. They haven't been good against 
quote unquote good teams. I don't know. We'll see if Kansas City is a good team or not. But just kind of, I just feel like our defense will be good enough, yeah, to shut that anything down from them. So it will yep. be fun though. We have, you know, we we played Tyreek already this year, but it wasn't an Arrowhead, so it'd be kind of interesting to have him come home. I would be, sh- I well, I can't say I'd be shocked because this Chiefs team's just not very good. But I would, I'd be pretty surprised. I, I just think. The weather and the Chiefs are a little bit better anyway, and the Dolphins are kind of fraudish. I, I think the Chiefs get it done. I don't think you'll have to sweat a whole lot this game. And then after that, it's, I don't know, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, I play the Bills probably at probably. Buffalo. Um, I would assume they'll beat the Steelers, right? Um, yeah. It's not easy going from here, <laughs> you know? We need we needed uh, the the Dolphins to somehow beat the Bills the other night, and that would have been huge for for the Chiefs to get back to the AFC Championship. But you know, listen, I I kind of have an amazing mindset going in most most years. Well, every year, especially you know Mahomes era, you, you, I go into the playoffs a nervous wreck, you know. And now I'm just kind of like, eh, we'll see, you know. Like it, I'm not. I'm, I'm I've kind of got my expectations already set and they're real and they're low yeah i I think they could i i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if they made it to the super bowl not really because it's the chiefs and you know the afc has been tricky this year and will i be surprised they lose to miami on saturday no i really won't i mean it would it'd be like kind of shocking right like Mm -hmm. but at the same time like we there's been every game for the chiefs they've found ways to to either keep themselves in it too close um or lose right and so um I wouldn't be surprised either way, but I, I do think I do think the Chiefs will win. Um, yeah. Past that, like you said, what about the? I mean, the Browns Texans game is going to be that is going to be a fun one to watch. I really like both of these teams. CJ Stroud's Rookie of the Year credit. I mean, to get this team to the playoffs is insane. The Browns with the rejuvenation with Joe Flacco, what he looks like in that defense, it's going to be an awesome game. I'll be very disappointed if it's not an awesome game. And and who would have ever thought this might be like the best game? Like if he would have told me, well, Joe Flacco is going to lead the Browns in <laughs> to play the Texans on week one or in week one, he would have told me that for a playoff yeah, match. No I would have been like, yeah, okay. Um, it's crazy. I picked the Browns, but not with a ton of confidence. Uh, I think their team is better. So I went with the better team versus the better quarterback. Um, but, man, C.J. Stroud's been tremendous. But I think the Browns will be able to slow him down enough to get the win. Davey, I'm going to go under on that. I think I think under. I don't think he has to. Um, Probably not. Steelers, Bills. I mean, Bills should win that game. I'm yeah. not. I mean, I don't. That one, minus 10, the line. Is that what it is now? I don't know what it's at right now. But Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be much. No, that to me is I would probably play Buffalo uh, Packers and Cowboys. I, I'm with you. I think the minus seven is a little tricky. I do think they might pull away late um, Dallas, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game is somewhat tight for a little while. Rams Lions to me is maybe the game of the weekend. Yeah. Um, besides the Browns Texans, I'm excited for too, but man, Rams Lions, you talk about two teams that have been kind of the Lions started off so well. And the Rams did not start off well, but have gotten really well, good late. And you've got Puka, and you've got Cup, and you know Stafford, who's coming back to, the, to, to you know back home, yep. playing against the Lions. It's got a lot of storylines. Um, I don't know. Two teams certainly. 
uh, that are good, solid teams. I think it's going to be a good game. I do too. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm tentatively on the Rams, but I've been back and forth on this one a while. Um, I think just kind of the experience and the Rams are kind of playing a little bit better than they were obviously earlier. I, I kind of just think the Rams might go in there and upset them. I, I kind of hope they don't because I, I, the Lions winning, it's kind of nice, but I kind of like the Rams a little bit. Yeah, I don't fully trust the Lions and Goff, um, but you know they've, there's a several of those games that who would have thought too that I, another one of those games right at the beginning of the season that um, you say Rams Lions uh, is, is the first round kind of an interesting one and then another one I mean who would have thought the Bucks would have would have gotten to the playoffs but here we are Bucks and Eagles yeah. uh, being a Monday game is kind of weird. Um, but Monday game, Eagles, Bucks, Eagles, who, you know, I saw this funny stat too. That game, the game, Eagles and, and, and the Bills game, or that crazy game. And it was like from that point on, the Bills went on a huge run and the Eagles have just completely fallen off the map. But here mm-hmm. they are defending uh, NFC champs. I think they might be. I think they might be able to, might be get beat here. The at home Bucks. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I think these might be the two worst teams in the playoffs minus the Steelers. You probably put them in there, but I, I do not think, I don't know. Uh, I've watched Tampa a lot. They were really playing well. Uh, Mayfield's kind of banged up. They have not played well the last two weeks, but I mean, my God, the Eagles have just been brutally bad. So this is kind of a toss up. I, I don't, End of the day, I do think the Eagles are going to win the game. I think they're better. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm. I tell you what, and I'm one of them. I can. I can say it. I. I wrote off Baker. I yeah. thought that's a, a just a he's just basically filling time for another guy to come in and in Tampa. You know. Yep. And he's looked awesome out there. He he really has, and he's got the he's got the weapons to throw to right now. And um. So yeah, I. I just I don't. The Eagles have just been in way too many close games. And and early in the season, they found ways to win, but they haven't lately. Um, they should win. I'll mm-hmm. say that. They should. Like, you look at that roster. How are they not? How could they not? No Defense has fallen apart, and they're, they're banged up offensively is the short answer to probably a long, longer problem, right? But that's just it. Like, I... I, you know, four weeks ago, you kind of had the thought, well, that, that division winner, whether it be Tampa or, or the saints will probably play the Eagles or Cowboys and just get killed in that first round game, whoever it is. And now you are here and it's like, the Eagles are such a mess. It's in Tampa. They might beat them, you know, like it's not impossible. Still at the end of the day, I think the Eagles win. I'll tell you what though, when you look at the the records, like the fact, the fact that the Steelers are 10 and seven is kind of insane really i mean imagine if they had a quarterback imagine if they yeah i mean i have no idea how they do this every year i, I mean you, you really have to give tomlin a ton of credit this team they were atrocious and they won 10 games and if you watched like the last three weeks when they pulled off these wins oh they looked horrible but they would Not- win the game they're like the worst games to watch. Yeah. So I like, just, and still found ways to win. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, what, 
wouldn't it be amazing if you had a a Cleveland <laughs> a Cleveland versus Tampa? I I'll tell you this. I don't think either one's making it, and I think Tampa has zero chance. I don't think Cleveland is impossible. No, because they have the defense to do it. Yep. They've got a Super Bowl winning defense. Yep. And, you know. And there's a guy named Joe Flacco who's won the Super Bowl before with a a very similar, you know what I mean? Like that roster mm -hmm. defensively was unbelievable, that Ravens team, right? Yep. And they did, the offense did what they needed to do. Yep. And that's a lot what they're like looking like. I think they could get beat Saturday, or I think they could make a run. I, I really think it could go either way with them, but I don't think they're absolutely impossible. And if you think about their their second round game would match up maybe, depending on how it fills, folds out, against the Ravens. And I think that's a team the Ravens really don't want to play. I wouldn't want to play a divisional opponent in the first round. I, I think that's a tough – that'll be a tough game. So – I think the Ravens will beat them, but I don't think the Browns are completely impossible here. If there were two teams that I like from each division, obviously, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, Baltimore playing and the 49ers playing this week, but like two teams that could be a threat to those two teams, let's just say that aren't, you know, the chiefs or the Cowboys or whatever. I would say it's the Browns and I would say it's the Rams. Yeah, two teams. I think that I would not want to play if I was one of those teams. And and again, divisional games—they're always tougher. And so that's both of those teams would be a divisional game. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I I can't really argue that. I I feel like the 49ers are pretty big standouts over there on that side. Um, I think the Ravens at, at well. I don't know. The Bills can beat you. The Chiefs somehow could beat you. You can't really count them out of it. And like I said, the the Browns are kind of tricky. Listen, the Texans aren't going to be easy to beat either if they were to win. So if the Texans defense decides to to play like it's been playing, they will be tough too. Because CJ Stroud is he's he's him. He's mm-hmm. he, he, he's a, he's a, he's legit. He's very good. And if they had Tank Dale, man, if they had him, but like he was, oof, I mean, that's I that's a that's an offense. I mean, I think the Texans are a team that's. I mean, make no mistake, they're going to be, they're going to be in this for a while. Yeah, there there are times probably coming where they're actually like serious serious contenders, but it's they're not. I don't think they're quite complete yet, and and I think that's what's going to end up getting them, but. They're not impossible either. Any again, when you got quarterbacks like that, it's a quarterback league. When you got that quarterback that's playing that well, that goes a long ways, and that will cover up a lot of problems. And the Chiefs know that better than most. Um, the Chiefs were were I thought were pretty complete last year, but some of those earlier years with Mahomes, they weren't exactly complete. But he covered up a ton of holes. Oh yeah. No one expect. No one thought. I mean, the Texans were going to be a ten and seven right. team this year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. I mean, you 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 got C.J. Stroud. You're excited about it for the future, but not year one, right? And so right. it's uh, been incredible. Uh, you know, and, and on with the Browns, I just think you, a lot of times you got when you got a, a veteran like Flacco, or you got a veteran like Stafford, and not just Stafford, but McVeigh and the whole. You know, they've been there. They want it. You know, but when you have that kind of experience going into the playoffs 
and you've playing the way you're playing right now, it's t- you're tough, right? Mm-hmm. You got you're in with the chance. Um, I, I I just I would not want to play either one of those teams. I would hate to play the Browns, um, just yeah. because they're gonna. If you're an offensive team, they're gonna stymie you. You know, they're gonna they're gonna make a, a defensive game, and if you can't, you know, if you can't figure that out, you're in trouble. So, yeah, I think that kind of to your point is kind of what we were saying. It's like. We love Stroud. We think he's going to be really good. You know, he is really good, not going to be. But it's like probably the worst matchup for him in the playoffs because this this team, they're, they're very good defensively and they can get after the quarterback. All right. So uh, are you uh, – I guess we'll just leave it. Do you have a prediction or no? Like as far as like from the what's, what's in the, you know, the actual playoffs, have you put your prediction in or who you think is going to, you know, Super Bowl matchup? Yeah, I think it's I, – I, I hate to be – real chalky about it, but I've said it for about four or five weeks now. It just feels like Ravens 49ers. It just does. And I know they're one seeds, but they just feel like they're a little bit better. And I'm very confident the 49ers are going to get there. And my only pause with the Ravens is we've kind of seen the Lamar thing in the playoffs. And that's still a concern. I, uh, I, I filled mine out just right after the playoffs were announced the night. I, I think I put, um, I put the, let's see, I put the Ravens and the chiefs in the AFC championship. And the only reason I put the chiefs there is just because they've had what we've been in there the last six years or whatever. So, I mean, I think their chances of getting there are tough, but they not, it's not impossible with whatsoever. So Ravens, chiefs, San Francisco and Dallas, San Francisco versus the Ravens in the in the Super Bowl or uh, 49ers to win it all. They damn near did everything they could to win that game against the Chiefs a few years back and just fell through their fingers. They wanted to come back. They've got the guy. They've got Purdy. They've got the defense. They've got McCaffrey now. I mean, I just think there's a lot. This feels like the year for them. It's felt like the year for them most of the year, right? Mm-hmm. Um and that'd be a, to me. I'd, I'm all for it. I mean, obviously, I'd rather have the Chiefs than this they're playing, but right. I think the matchup Ravens versus versus 49ers would be a really fun game. So before that, before the Ravens 49ers played, uh, John White and I kind of thought 49ers minus three and a half would be the line there. But now that the Ravens kick their butts, yeah, big I don't know that line's going to be real tight. I think now. Yeah, they, I mean, I think everyone kind of went into that, at least not everybody, but a lot of us went into that game thinking, all right, 49ers are about to flex and show how good they are yep. beating a team like the Ravens. And not only did that not happen, it flipped. Yep. Um, and and, and <laughs> Lamar, uh, who's going to win the MVP this year, uh, did the opposite. So, yep. Uh, by the way, who would have ever thought Lamar Jackson, two-time MVP? Um, he's... It's kind of it's it's I, I saw a stat when you look when you compared the stats like just the basic stats of yards, touchdowns and turnovers, like him and Mahomes had very, uh, very close stats when it comes to that, and it just kind of goes to show you like when you win, and when you have a year like this when you haven't had a clear standout, mm-hmm. and you win and you put up the number like just good, you know the good numbers but nothing crazy you can still win the MVP so yep um, I think. I think the new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, deserves a ton of credit. I, you saw it early. They just they were much sharper offensively. They the system is a lot better than what they had for his skill set. So I think, I think the offensive coordinator hire was a great one, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit. 
Yeah, I mean, when you look at like the true definition of MVP, right? It like McCaffrey is should probably be right up there. And frankly, if Tyreek, if he would have got the record, I wish he would have because um, I think he would have been. I would have voted for him, right? Um, to be MVP because like you look at true different make difference makers. I mean, shit, McCaffrey. Yeah, McCaffrey. Look how many touchdowns McCaffrey has. So yeah, no um, hard to argue. But it's a quarterback. It's kind of a quarterback award, right? So. Mm-hmm. Unless you do something extreme, which is what Tyreek was trying to do, but it's it's kind of the Eclipse Awards. I don't really care, you know. Like yeah. they settle it on the field. What do I need to? Why do yeah. I care? Like what the Associated Press voted for for the best player, you know? <laughs> like, right. And and nine <laughs> times out of ten, the MVP goes to a guy that's on a playoff hunt team, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, they don't give a shit, right? It's like great, right. but. Do I want to win an MVP or do I want to want to win a Super Bowl? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, guys. All right. Should be a fun weekend. So at least we got that. We got we got uh, you know it'll be cold as shit outside. So we'll be hmm. inside watching football and and uh, with horse racing lacking, we'll 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 definitely keep busy. So guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, again, we'll be back next week. We'll have tons more, and we'll actually have some derby type races to talk about and cover. So. Until next time, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halsman. Good luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Want to make money betting horses? Bet with the racing dudes.